Talia. Welcome to Good Luck Charlie. Just like you, I'm on the journey of self-discovery and I'm daily trying to learn what it means to find balance, create lifelong friendships, chase my dreams and invest in my future. So here's what I'm learning and loving on this crazy path of life. I'm so glad you decided to join me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Good Luck Charlie podcast. Whoop, whoop. I am manifesting. I am pretending to have all this energy, but I really don't. But recording these podcasts make me so happy and excited and just give me such a good outlet for life. As a friend said, you love talking, Talia, so it's good that you started a podcast. And it's true. I do like talking. I like chatting with people. I like sharing all the things that I've experienced and learned and hearing about their life as well. The real reason I kind of started this podcast is because I love to sit down with people over a cup of coffee and hear about their life and encourage them. And this is just a way for me to do that on a bigger scale. So welcome if you're new here. Welcome back if you've heard my voice a million times. It is great to have you here. I hope you've had a good weekend, a good week since you last tuned in. Um, Yeah, and with that, this week's podcast episode is all about my faith, the things that I've learned as a Christian, what's it's been like for me growing up in a Christian household. My dad is a minister and my mom also works in the church. So faith and Christianity and attending church has been a big, massive part of my childhood and a big, massive part of my life today. I do think that it is the most important thing in my life. My identity is found in my faith, in my belief that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he died and was resurrected for us to save us because he loves us and cares for us as his own. Um, And yeah, who I am is grounded and founded and formed and shaped by that for the better. I think Christianity and faith and religion used to be a huge part of lots of people's lives and almost just accepted as in society that everybody goes to church every Sunday. And then I think there was that generation of people. And then the following generation was people who really pushed back from that because maybe their parents didn't have a great experience growing up in church. They didn't enjoy it. And then they pushed back from that. And I think now there's our generation who was kind of the kids of those people who now kind of don't really know that much about faith. I have a lot of friends who they say that if they hadn't met me or hadn't spoken to me, they would know nothing about what it means to be a Christian other than like what they see in movies or the bad stories they hear about Christians. They would have no idea what faith looks like. They don't know what it really means to be part of a church, what a regular church service looks like. So I asked some of you guys to provide some questions you had about faith. Anything is fine, completely non-judgmental. If any of you know me in real life or know other people who are a Christian and their faith is an important part to them, truthfully, I am positive that they would love to hear any questions you had to ask. Faith is such a big part of my life and we always love talking about the things that are a big part of our lives. So if you're super into soccer, you are going to want to talk about it a lot because it's what you think about, it's what you practice, it's what you're learning in and growing in and it's what you have stories in and you have friends that play soccer and things like that. And if you ask a soccer player something about their soccer or their last game, they're going to just froth and love to talk about that. It's the same with faith for me. Christianity, Uh, Jesus is such a huge part of my life that if anyone ever wants to talk to me about it or ask questions from a genuine place of wanting to know more or curiosity, 
that is my favorite conversation to have ever. So please, if you know me, if you know someone else and you want to ask a question, but are maybe afraid that it's judgmental or weird or basic, go right ahead and ask. I'm sure they would love to get to have that conversation with you in a loving, open and genuinely curious, wanting to know more way. I'm just going to jump right into the questions. One of the questions that was asked a couple of times is, if you were not brought up in a religious household, would you still have the same beliefs now? Do you wonder if you would have found your faith if you hadn't grown up in the same family, etc.? This question is very twofolded. There are so many different ways that I could go about thinking about this. Um, obviously, our childhood, our family, how we grow up is the largest contributing factor to our beliefs until we get to a certain age and then we choose who we surround ourselves with and choose what we believe and what we make a part of our life. No, I've never wondered if it's impacted what I believe because I know for a fact that it has. But do I think that that diminishes it in any way? Absolutely not. And I was thinking about like potential allegories that I could use for this. And it's like if you grow up in a vegetarian household, until a certain age, you too are going to be vegetarian. And that's because of your parents' choice. Until I was eight, I went to church because my parents went to, and that was kind of what was expected of our family. But at one point, if you're vegetarian, it'll become something that you have to choose to do on your own. At one point, you'll be with friends that aren't and you'll realize that there are obviously different lifestyles, different ways of life. And like in a Christian household, obviously, I was exposed to it and made aware of faith and religion and the love of Jesus because of my family and the way I grew up and who was surrounded with me. But even from the youngest age of eight, I remember feeling that my faith was my own and having my own beliefs in Jesus and forming my own relationship with God and investing my own time in learning more and reading my Bible and me wanting to go to church for myself. Just because my family exposed it to me, doesn't mean that my faith is only because of my family. And I don't think necessarily if I'd grown up in a non-Christian household that I would have the same faith I do at the age of 16. However, I some of my biggest inspirations, they did not grow up Christian. And some of the people with the strongest faith didn't because it's what they choose to believe and learn about more when they're older. So there are so many people who find Jesus because of crazy life experiences at 20, at 18, because of friends at 25, etc. And I think that faith is just as strong and important. So yes, obviously family impacts everything that we believe till a certain age, but we're also then exposed to it ourselves. And at some point, everybody has to choose to make it their own. Someone asked, how could I tell my non-Christian friends who are having a hard time that God is with them? And this is a hard question because it's hard to tell someone that God loves them unconditionally if they've never had that modeled in the real world. It's hard to tell them that someone cares for them always if they've never had someone care for them in their real life. Or if there's such hopelessness in the world, it's hard for someone to believe that there could be someone who promises eternal hope always and forever. I think a really great way then to tell our non-Christian friends that there is hope and that God does love them is to model it ourselves. Be Love them, care for them, provide unconditional love for them in the best way that you can. And I think that models and tells it better than anything else because if they have something to base it off and you then tell them God loves you and God cares for you in this way, just like how I tried to do. I think praying for them is a really, really big thing. And you don't necessarily have to tell them that you're praying for them. 
um, I think it could be really powerful if you do say, I'm praying for you through this hard time. I know that you might not necessarily believe, but it means something to me and I hope that you can feel some peace. I've had friends and I've asked if I could pray for them over the phone when they're going through a hard time. And I think regardless of what someone does believe, it's nice to know that someone is thinking about them in that way. So yes, I think your actions always speak louder than words and prayers are powerful as well. Cool. Another question was, what's it like being a minister's pastor's kid? Did you feel abnormal pressure? And I talked to one of my best friends, Amelia, about this on the phone, and I'll insert some of those recordings from that conversation now. But I think, first of all, my parents never tried to put any pressure on me. They definitely made it clear that I didn't have to act a certain way or do a certain thing. But I think if there was pressure, I put it on myself. And also, I loved filling, fulfilling the role of a pastor's kid, a minister's kid. For those of you who aren't Christian, who haven't grown up in this world of Christianese language and terms, being a pastor's kid has the connotation of coming with these expectations of always having to be friendly and welcoming and quote unquote perfect and having a strong faith and uh, participating in the church, volunteering, helping run events, etc. And I kind of am all of those things. I loved fulfilling the role of a pastor's kid. It definitely was different, I would say, but I think it's wonderful in so many ways. And the community I got to have was richer because of it. And I think getting to go to a church every week, knowing that I was going to be there every week and establishing that community from a really young age because my parents were ministers there made such a big difference to my life. And now there is the recording with my friend Amelia where we discuss that a little bit more. I feel like we partially act older and mature and things because of growing up in a church and like from five years old, I've been talking to people who are 70 and having to maintain a conversation and be like respectful and polite and know their name and act as it almost like a hostess. Yeah. And I feel like you're also really encouraged to go out and speak to the new people who come to the church. And like through that, you also find some sort of maturity because you're having to push yourself to go and talk to people you don't necessarily know, but also try and keep a steady conversation with them to make them feel welcome yeah or even because our dads are both ministers having to go up on stage and say little things that's a lot of social interaction and the community and like engagement that a five-year-old has to do yeah definitely and like for me because we like salvos have the red shield appeal yeah um so that whole weekend you have to go like knock on doors <laughs> yeah knock on doors and talk to people and everything like that which i've done my whole life so it was just, there's always, there's lots of things about interaction and it was, has always been expected of me to push myself and actually just go and have social interactions with all these people of like, like a lot of them were a lot older than me. Yeah. A hundred percent. Do you feel like there was certain expectations for you growing up in the church and certain roles that you had to fill, fill and like a certain, like people expected you to act a certain way? Oh, Definitely. Like, I was always expected to, like, actually behave, which drove me insane. (laughs) Maybe if I was a different kid who didn't really like those things, I would have not enjoyed growing up as a minister's kid, but it genuinely shaped me, and it's, like, my favourite memories. Yeah, and it's different for you because you didn't really move around different churches that much. But for me, it's like as soon as you go into a church, because you're the minister's kid, everyone wants to get to know you, and you become part of that family, like, straight away, which is... That's true. And... Yeah, and you like you get connections with people from just all over the place and 
that can help in your everyday life. It can help with your knowledge. You get to learn so mm-hmm. much from all these random people and you just can like help each other and be in community with them. Yeah, I love that. I think people can underestimate how special a church community is, regardless almost of what you believe. I would encourage being a part of a church community. Like There are so many churches that have so many things you can be a part of that aren't religious and like just give you friends and a community and a place where hopefully everyone is really like loving and kind. That was the wonderful Amelia. Thank you so much, Amelia. Her dad is also a minister for the Salvation Army Church. So we really have connected on that and all things faith. So back to the question. Next, somebody asked, what has been your biggest faith challenge? This is a very good question because I think everyone obviously goes through challenges in lives, but for a Christian, they can kind of be twofold. Sometimes I'm going through something really hard in life, like this past term, past 10 weeks, My family's had quite a tumultuous stage in our life. So in a time where on paper my life was really difficult or challenging and there were lots of changes, I felt really, really at peace in my spirit and with God and my faith was still strong and I felt really connected and inspired and still hopeful for the future, even though things were hard and kind of crumbling around me, you could say. But then there are other times in my life where life is great and fine and good and there are no problems, but I felt like my faith has been struggling and I've been struggling to grow and connect with God or maybe struggling to find a good Christian community and feel really motivated in that aspect of my life. And those seasons, which seasons is such a Christianese word, those seasons, those aspects and times in my life are almost harder than when I'm actually struggling because I rely on Jesus and his love and strength and kindness every day, if that makes any sense. But in saying that, one season of my life that was really difficult and taught me a lot was when I had some difficult relationships with a guy. And I remember from a young age listening to people's testimonies. So for those who don't know, testimonies are just your story, your story of how God has worked in your life, how you came to faith, how you came to believe, um, and everything that's led you to the place where you are now and the way that God has yet interacted and interwoven your life story together. And I remember from a young age listening to all these amazing Christian girls who were 18 or 20 having a story being like, I grew up in church and it was great. And then I was 15 and I met a guy and their story derailed for a few years until Jesus found them and saved them and rescued them again. And now they're at the point where their faith is strong. And I vowed that I would never be the girl who had a guy impact my faith. And in the end, a guy did become a large part of my testimony and my story and one of my biggest faith struggles. Because this guy came along who was sweet and kind, caring and very good I struggled a little bit because he didn't know Jesus and he didn't love Jesus. And I remember feeling in my spirit, in my soul, that God just told me no. And in the end, I really struggled with the idea that God said no to something that seemed so good in my life. So I was then forced to question what good meant to me. And there's tons of Bible verses that says God will give you the desires of your heart. God gives good gifts and all good things come from God and God is good, etc. It was really weird for me to then see this thing, this guy, this relationship, this friendship that seemed so good and that I was being asked to give up. And so I did not feel that God was good for a while and I did not feel that he gave good gifts and I didn't understand how his plan worked out and how I felt lost. 
So I prayed for him and I prayed for me. And to make a very long story short, that guy now knows Jesus and loves Jesus. And it was the most redemptive and cool story ever. And I now know and love Jesus even more. I learned to trust God and I learned what it meant that God goods get God gives good gifts. So yeah, one of my biggest challenges was when my values that I'd always talked about were put into practice and just had to work out what it meant and what it looked like in my life to listen to the voice of God and to give up things that seemed good when it didn't really make sense. And the final question is, how do you maintain your enthusiasm for it, my faith, my religion so consistently? This question honestly has stumped me because I don't know how I can explain it, but I think it's because it's not like it's a hobby. It's not like it's an activity or a community that I take part of. I believe that God and Jesus are living and breathing and with us today and that he works in my life for the good of me. It's a belief that I have. It's something that keeps me going. And when I am unmotivated, I have community around me that inspires me and points me back to Jesus. But it's because it's real. That's how I think I remain so enthusiastic for it consistently because it's real and it's true. And I just have such a passion for the Lord and desire to know Jesus more and to read more of the Bible and get to know God's heart more. And for those of you who don't believe and don't understand, I know this might all sound crazy. It might all sound like gibberish, but I hope also in the middle of that, you can hear my passion and genuineness for it. And if you want to know a little bit more about what even is in the Bible, what it means to say Jesus died and rose again for us to take away our sins so that we could live free and peaceful, there are hundreds of YouTube videos. You can ask me for some. There are really good books. The Shack is one really good book, which is also a movie. And then there's another book called Big Questions. I don't know who it's by. You could look up the Alpha series which has so much information, but yeah, there are lots of resources if you want to know more. And if you do want to know more, I highly encourage just investigating. You're not signing yourself up for anything. You don't have to promise anyone anything, but I really believe that everyone should constantly every day be trying to pursue the truth. Yeah. And just find peace and like a bigger, deeper meaning to everything. So I stay enthusiastic because it's real. And because every day I get to grow closer in relationship with Jesus And then final question, with everything happening in the world, do you ever question your faith? And I have two parts to it as well. (laughs) Yes and no. I never, never question my faith. I never doubt that Jesus is real. He is who he said he is and that there is power and hope for us. I think despite the hurt in the world, I can still be free because Jesus loves us and set us free on the cross. But do I doubt aspects of my own faith? Absolutely. I'm always questioning what do I really believe? Um, Do I truly believe this story? Do I really believe Jesus could rise from the dead? And I think it's good. I think it's so important to question things. And I love that my church has done that. And every time I read the Bible, I do want to be true to myself and say, do I really believe this? How does this work? And I think sitting in the uncomfortableness of not really being sure grows your faith more than anything, regardless of whether you're Christian or not, like pursue truth, question higher meaning and higher purpose. And because I do ultimately think that this is the truth, I think that anybody who genuinely questions and looks for high meaning and purpose will eventually end up in this spot, believing in the power of Jesus. And the hurt and the pain in the world, 
It is not caused by God. And that is the biggest question ever. How could God be good? Or how could God let this happen in a world where everything seems to be falling apart? And there are so many answers you could give to that. But at the end of the day, it's hard. Uh, But God is still good. And despite the pain in the world, not because of it, I believe that God gives us hope and future and peace even amongst this pain. There's a gorgeous artwork where I might mess up the story a little bit, but a king commissioned all these artists to draw a painting of what peace looked like to them. So many people drew beautiful trees or waterfalls and rivers and streams or rolling hills of grass. But this one artist drew a chaotic scene with fire and crashing waterfalls and like just chaotic chaos. You look at it and you think chaos. But right in the top corner, there was this little bird in her nest looking after her babies. And it was that little section that was peaceful. And he goes, true peace is having peace in amongst the chaos. And I think that's what God offers us. And that's what God gives us is true peace and true hope, even when everything else is kind of falling apart around you. So I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you've learned something from it. I think that no matter who you are, no matter what your faith journey has or hasn't been, that there is something in this that you could learn. For those who ask questions, thank you so much. I hope I gave you an answer that makes sense to you and satisfies some of your curiosity. If you are curious, please remain curious. Find the answers to all of the questions. There is so much more to life than what people realize. And even I realize that more and more each day that there is so much more out there that I can discover and learn. And yeah, it's really cool to always be growing in faith and in life and in your understanding of yourself and the world and God and yada, yada, yada. I hope you have a fabulous week. I hope you learn a little bit. I hope you love a lot. And I hope maybe you discover a little bit more about yourself and a little bit more about a higher meaning and a higher purpose. And good luck, Charlie. Bye, you guys. Good luck, Charlie.